Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Listen, taxes aren't sexy, but they are one of the biggest expenses you'll pay in your entire life. If you don't want to think about it, you can hire someone to think about it for you. Definitely, you should have at least the basic understanding of how things work. Duke Alexander Moore is a certified tax coach. He's better known to his over 3 million TikTok followers as Duke Loves Taxes. Taxes impact your everyday life. Like every dollar you make, it has to do with taxes. Duke isn't exaggerating when he says taxes impact your everyday life. Understanding how to lower your taxes may help you get a bigger return. But more importantly, managing your taxes is a way to build wealth. So today, we're talking about who pays what in our country and why some people pay more than others. Duke will walk us through everything, from tax brackets to tax breaks. And we'll hear from a professor who thinks we're getting it wrong. Our tax system is designed for those with higher incomes to pay a higher percentage of their income in taxes. And that's not how the system is working. I'm Delian Barrows. This is Diversifying. I've never met anybody who loves taxes like, well, like Duke loves taxes. He got interested in them as a teenager after he landed a couple of modeling gigs. So I would work with companies like Neiman Marcus, Frito-Lay, JCPenney's. Okay, uh, okay. I know what I got going on. And I got my a 1099 in the mail. What? A 1099? Yeah. I'm like, what is this? A 1099 is the form a company can use to give tax information to independent contractors or freelancers. Salaried employees get something similar, called a W-2. When Duke got his 1099, he asked his parents to drive him down to their local H&R block so he could figure out what to do with it. And there they kind of taught me, like, hey, look, you're self-employed. You're pretty much a small business owner. You owe taxes. I owe that taxes. I thought you were supposed to get a refund, but, like, I ended up owing taxes. Like, okay, okay, this is how y'all going to play me? The accountants explained how important bookkeeping was. It was super, super interesting because I'm like, hey, if you would have done this, this, and this, you wouldn't have even owed tax. You could have possibly received a refund. So I'm like, okay, this is dope. This experience really inspired him to become his own expert. He even started a tax business that's now so busy he can't take on new clients. And part of that is thanks to his huge following on TikTok. I never thought I'd be giggling about taxes, but Duke makes it happen. Here's a question, you know, that I see a lot of TikToks making fun of this situation, but I'm like, yeah, why is it this way? Why doesn't the government just tell us 
how much we owe. Why mm-hmm. do we have to yeah. like go through this like song and dance and then figure it out? And then uh, the TikTok is always like, are you going to tell me how much I owe? And they're like, no. And right. I'm like, well, what if I get it wrong? They're like, prison. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straight up and down. Here's the reason why. Because you get access to deduction and credits. and You have to be able to claim those credits. For example, if you get a W-2 or 1099, not only do you get it, but also the IRS receives it. So they do know. They do know. And if you fail to file a tax return, they will file one for you. But when they file one for you, they're not going to give you any deductions. They're not going to give you any credits. They don't know your life situation. But by you being able to file your own tax return, you're able to say, hey, look, I got some kids up in here. I got a business where I want to claim this credit, this claim, I want to claim this deduction as well. So by filing your own tax return, you're actually empowering yourself to either pay less taxes or get a higher refund. So it's actually a great thing that we are able to file our own taxes because we're able to tell the IRS, hey, dog, look, this is what happened this year and so forth. I love that because I was on that side for a long time where I'm like, why don't you just tell me? But the truth is that they just don't know what's going on in our lives. Like they have no idea if I started a a business in the middle of the year. Like I have to notify them of that. So that makes sense. All right. Let's talk about tax brackets because this Mm -hmm. is something that I can post about literally every day. Mm-hmm. And somebody new will come along and say, wow, I did not know that's how taxes worked in America. Right. right. And so we have what's called like a progressive system. Yeah. So tell, explain to us what that is exactly and how taxes work. And we're talking about income taxes. The purpose of the progressive system is just the more money you make, the more taxes that you're going to have to pay. And you can easily think of tax brackets as like playoff brackets. You advance at a certain level to the next stage. We have seven tax brackets over here. And to get into these tax brackets, it all depends on your income level. Income level and filing status. It's actually two things. But let's just talk about for single. Hey, all my single ladies. All my single ladies. Okay, look, <laughs> sorry. So a, a very common like understanding or how people think about tax brackets is that if I make $30,000, I'm in a 20% tax bracket. That means I'm paying 20% on all that $30,000. No, 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 no. We're not going to do that. We're going to start with the first bracket and we're going to advance to each bracket, just like if we were in the playoffs trying to reach a championship. For those of us who don't know anything about sports, that's me. Let me break it down another way. If you earn $10,000, you're in one tax bracket. It's the lowest one, 10%. But if you earn $50,000, you are now in three tax brackets. The 10%, the 12%, and the 22%. Different chunks of your money are being taxed at different rates, some lower than others. When somebody says they're in the 22% tax bracket, they're actually in all three. They're just naming the highest one. This is why many people falsely believe that getting a raise or making more money will cause their whole income to be taxed at a higher rate, when it's really just one small chunk of it. Let me reinforce this. Never turn down more money because you're scared of being taxed more. I know it seems confusing, and it kind of is. So I had to ask Duke, why don't we all just pay the same tax rate? Some states actually have what's called a flat tax rate, where you're like, okay, no matter what dollar you make, you're going to be paying 5% of taxes on the state level. But on the federal level, they just have this progressive tax rate. They think, hey, they have a fair rule. Like, if you make more money, you need to pay more taxes. You need to help us out more, like building roads, you know, funding police department, paying for teachers and schools. If you make less money, you actually, 
you're going to pay fewer taxes, and then you're also going to qualify for certain credits, like earned income tax credit, to help you to put more money in your pocket. That's the purpose of it. It's just the level of the playing field and that the rich just pay more taxes. A level playing field. Sounds nice, right? That is sometimes more true in theory than in practice. Our system is really more of a ladder than an equal playing field, with everyday employees at the bottom paying the most taxes and business owners at the top paying the least. Weirdly, only a small fraction of our tax code is about how to pay taxes. Most of it is actually about how to reduce what you pay, which is a perfectly fine and legal thing to do. For sure, yeah, that's tax avoidance versus tax evasion. Evasion, we don't want to do. Avoidance is perfectly legal. Avoidance? Totally okay. How people make money and their lifestyle determines which exemptions they're eligible for. To be clear, this applies to the super rich and is partly why they pay fewer taxes. But you can also claim some of these same exemptions, if you know how. Duke helped me break them down. We're going to start towards the bottom of the ladder, the lowest tax breaks, and work our way up. A big one, right, and this is the one that hurts my single Pringle heart, is that married people, they seem to get more tax breaks. Is that true or is that a misconception? No, that's a great point. And that actually goes back to really like the tax brackets. So, for example, let's say the tax bracket for a single person making $10,000 is 10%. For a married couple, that 10% is up to $20,000. So they can make up to $20,000 and still be taxed at the 10%. What's great about that? And where it really comes into play is like, especially if you have one spouse who doesn't work at all, and then you have another spouse who does work, right? Well, that spouse is going to be able to take advantage of that lower tax bracket because $20,000 is still going to be at that 10% because you have two people filing together. You can also move up the ladder and get a tax break if you buy a house. You can deduct things like the interest on your mortgage. If you're a parent, there's a child tax credit you can take advantage of. There are even tax breaks for some environmental initiatives the government wants to incentivize. A really great one is if you're adding solar panels to your home. This is a really good credit. It's like 26% of the cost of that credit. Retirement credit, if you're contributing to a retirement account. This is why I tell people it's so important to take advantage of your 401ks, your 403bs, your Roth IRAs. Those accounts are there to lower your taxes. If you haven't listened to our Investing 101 episode yet, that's a great starting point. So go back and check it out. You also get a huge advantage if you're a stock investor using a brokerage account. Think of this as sort of the middle of the ladder. So let's say if you have a stock and you buy it and then you hold it for less than a year before you sell it, that's called a short-term capital gain rate. So it's kind of taxed at your ordinary rate. It's just if it's ordinary income. But the great thing is the long-term investing because the IRS, the Congress, they want to reward long-term investors, right? They don't want you putting money to it in. Take that thing right out. So they're like, hey, look, look, come here. <laughs> if you can keep this money in here for 365 days or longer, we'll tax it at a low rate. And that's up to like 0%, you know, off the gains that you make and up to like 20%. So there's favorable gain rates depending on your holding period. Now, what stocks? So that's that's really good benefit. All right. So let's get to the last rung of the ladder, the business owners. This is mm -hmm. like where I live now. I absolutely love it. After, yeah. you know, 15 years in the employee rung and my tax game has completely changed since I've become a business owner. Like you said, there are so many tax deductions that are just not available 
to employees, right? And Mm -hmm. my favorite is the opportunity to use the money from your business pre-tax. Can you explain Mm -hmm. that benefit more? Yeah. So let's take two people, one who's an employee and one who's a business owner. Well, the business owner, let's say, that gets paid $100,000. They then pay all their expenses. And then let's say their expenses is like 50 grand. And then they're left with $50,000 in net income. They're going to pay tax on that $50,000. That's pre-tax. They're incurring their expenses before they are paying the tax, which is excellent. You get to write off a portion of your rent or whatever you use for business because you need that to you know keep going and ongoing. So it's like your once before personal expenses are now becoming a business deduction for you, which is great. Someone who's a W-2 employee gets paid $100,000. They pay tax on $100,000, and then they incur their expenses. If you're an employee, there's no write-offs for you. You just got to pay tax on that full amount that you're bringing in. Like the room that I'm in right now, this is my second bedroom in my apartment. This all gets deducted because I use it as my home office, right? If you look at your paycheck, you see gross pay, net pay. And everybody gets mad when they look at those two numbers, right? Right. Like, oh, that's how much I actually make, but this is how much I'm actually taking home. And that's the thing. Like, Uncle Sam takes his bite first Mm -hmm. when you're an employee. When you're an employer, you get to take the bite first, and then he gets the leftovers. No, for sure. Yeah, Uncle Sam does not play around. If you get paid, (laughs) he's going to want some of that money. So Uncle Sam is not here to play. To sum it all up, You can have an employee and a business owner making the same amount of money, but the employee is at the bottom of the tax ladder and the business owner is at the top. Ultimately, the business owner pays a lot less in taxes. Look, there's a ton to know about this topic. We couldn't cover every tax break there is with Duke, so make sure to check out his TikTok or his other pages at Duke Loves Taxes or get in touch with a CPA in your area. Some even give free consultations. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, how some of the richest people in the country take tax exemptions to the next level, and how systemic racism shows up in who pays what. Stay with us. Money makes a difference in my life. Money makes me happy, makes me smile. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome back to Diversifying. I do not think our country's tax system is fair because what we know is the wealthiest Americans pay some of the lowest rates in taxes. Dorothy Brown is a law professor at Emory University, and she's been studying our tax system for 25 years. Dorothy has some insight into this so-called level playing field we've been talking about. Our tax system 
is designed for those with higher incomes to pay a higher percentage of their income in taxes. And that's not how the system is working. Our current tax system dates back to 1918. And when it started out, things looked a lot different. The only people who paid taxes back then were the richest Americans, the richest 1% some years, the richest 5% other years. The rest of us, we didn't pay. You heard that right. Back then, only rich people paid taxes. But that changed during World War II. The government needed much more money to fund the war. As a result, tax rates not only increased, but who paid taxes increased. So it it moved from being a tax on only the richest to a tax on pretty much everybody. This meant convincing the entire country they suddenly needed to give up a portion of their pay. The government literally put out propaganda to argue paying taxes was patriotic. Here's an example. This is a clip from a short commissioned by the Treasury Department in 1942 called The New Spirit, featuring Donald Duck. Your country is at war. Your country needs taxes for guns, taxes for ships, taxes for democracy, taxes to beat the Axis. That's the spirit. And the Axis was the Axis of evil of Germany, Japan, Italy. Okay, taxes to beat the Axis. So that's how they convinced people it was the right thing to do. Today, this has been flipped on its head. The wealthiest Americans, we're talking billionaires here, pay a lower tax rate than most people in the middle class. Some don't pay any federal income tax at all. Like a lot of the tax breaks we heard about from Duke, the way they do this is 100% legal. Say, for example, a CEO gets paid in company stock instead of getting a salary. They could make money by selling that stock, but that's not what they do. Instead, they go to a bank and take out a loan for day-to-day expenses. And they point to their stock and say, hey, look, I'm good for it. So what you do is you take out a loan and you repay it with another loan. And how you secure the loan is you pledge very valuable stock. And the bank thinks, well, if you default, we just take the stock and we'll pay ourselves. But you don't default. You pay off loan A with loan B. And it works as long as you have the wealth to prove to the bank that you are credit worthy enough to keep financing. Pretty much, they live off debt. And debt isn't taxed. While this is a loophole that's technically available to all of us, It isn't something most people can actually do. The typical American doesn't have that relationship with their bank. The typical American doesn't have the wealth that would enable a bank to say, oh, yeah, 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 you just keep, you know, we're fine. (laughs) We've got the stock. You've pledged it. We're good. So most Americans cannot get away with this. We actually don't have the resources. When banks look at our credit worthiness, they make a different calculation than when they look at Jeff Bezos's credit worthiness. So that's how the really rich can finance their way to no tax bill. Debt has long been demonized for the poor, but not for the rich. Instead, the rich get to use it as a tax advantage. White people also benefit from our tax system more than Black people. This inequity is something Dorothy discovered almost by accident. 
So I went into tax law thinking it had nothing to do with race on purpose because I grew up in the South Bronx. I dealt with racism and I didn't want to have to deal with it at work. But one day when I'm a law professor, I'm reading an article and the article was written by a mentor and it said, how do you know there isn't a race and tax problem if you don't look? And I damn near fell off my chair. I was like, what? Race and tax? So Dorothy started looking into it, which was kind of challenging because it turns out the IRS doesn't publish statistics by race. And that's really important to think about because we have all these other government agencies that publish statistics by race, but not the IRS and not the Treasury, which meant when I decided to write about race and tax, I had to become a detective and look at research elsewhere. She looked at census data, and soon she started to notice a pattern. I discovered that when white and Black Americans engage in the same activity, buying a home, getting married, having a job, tax law subsidizes, gives a tax break to the way white Americans engage in the behavior, but disadvantage and doesn't afford tax breaks to the way Black Americans engage in the behavior. What this comes down to is a reflection of systemic racism in our tax system. The way a law is written might not explicitly disadvantage Black people, but thanks to the way our society is built, that's exactly what happens. Take home ownership. There's a tax break for people who sell their home at a profit. It's a big one. If you're married, you can make up to half a million dollars before you have to start paying any taxes. So you would say, that's wonderful, Dorothy. That should apply whether you're a Black homeowner or a white homeowner. And I would go, you would think so. But the sociology research tells us because of where we live in different neighborhoods and that white homeowners are less interested in buying a home in an all-Black or racially diverse neighborhood, Black homeowners sell their home for less gain than white homeowners. Black homeowners experience this on the flip side, too, when they sell their homes at a loss. There's no tax break if you don't make any money on the sale of your house. And how does that break down when it comes to race? The research shows that Black Americans are more likely than white Americans to sell their home at a non-deductible loss. So we see that white homeowners are treated better in the tax law than Black homeowners. The tax code doesn't literally discriminate here, but the way it's applied ends up being discriminatory. This happens with tax benefits associated with retirement accounts, too, because Black and white people don't have the same access. And because Black Americans tend to work in different jobs than white Americans, we see that white Americans are more likely to work for employers that provide them with the retirement account, and Black Americans do not. But even when we see Black Americans getting access to the retirement accounts, they're less likely to participate, and they're more likely, if they do participate, to withdraw money. And they withdraw money at a higher rate, I argue, because they have extended family members that they are taking care of as well. So what we have here is a system, our tax system, that depletes Black wealth while increasing white wealth. And that, of course, has dramatic differences on generational wealth. 
Paying more in taxes means it's harder to build generational wealth, something you hear me talk about a lot. Without generational wealth, it is so much harder to get ahead, and the whole thing becomes an endless cycle. White Americans are more likely, and it's easier, with higher after-tax income to save and build wealth to leave to their children and grandchildren. Black Americans struggle to make ends meet, wind up paying higher taxes, and have less available for their children and grandchildren. Dorothy would like to see some systemic changes in place, like the IRS actually starting to publish statistics based on race. She'd also like to see some of the loopholes that give advantage to the wealthy closed, creating a playing field that's a little closer to equal. Unfortunately, change can be slow. The moral of the story for this episode, do what you can to make sure you aren't paying more than you absolutely have to. The system is unfair, but with the right information, you can find ways to make it work for you. Duke and Dorothy helped us cover a lot today. So let's highlight some of the best tips you can use. It's time for our money gems. Money gem one, tax avoidance is not the same as tax evasion. Avoidance is totally legal and okay. So try to take advantage of as many tax deductions as you can. Money gem two, educate yourself on tax breaks that might apply to you. This is everything from a child tax credit to money back on installing solar panels. Money gem three, If you can swing it, make some money by investing. It's a way to build wealth while you lower your taxes. Money gem four. If you want to be at the top of that tax ladder, start a business, even if it's a side hustle. It'll open up all kinds of tax exemptions that weren't there before. Money gem five. Don't turn down a job or a raise just because you're worried about being in a new tax bracket. As a whole, you'll still be earning more and furthering your career. Next Monday, we're covering a hot topic, knowing your worth while negotiating your pay. I don't name a number ever initially. That would be my first piece of advice. You just don't want to put a number out there. Initial numbers tend to be sticky. Make sure to follow us so you don't miss it. And if you like what you heard, please recommend the podcast to your friends and family. Then give us a rating and a review. It's really helpful, especially since we're just starting out. Diversifying is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is our executive producer, and Haley Thomas is our senior producer. Our producers are Alex Stern, Kinsey Clark, and Madeline Thompson. Our associate producer is Cheris Satchel, and our production assistant is Eden Getachew. Eduardo Ocampo is our intern. Mixing and sound design by Francisco Monroy. Artwork designed by Brett Furdock. Original music by Andrew Epen. Our technical director is Dan DeZula. With support from Chip Grabo, Steve Keel, Anissa Wells, Abby Fentress Swanson, Tamika Balance Kalosny, Ashley Lusk, Lindsay Abrams, Rafina Maud, Lisa Namro, and Courtney Coop. I'm Delian Barrows. Thanks for listening. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. 
or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Now streaming exclusively on Max, a new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking, Call Me Country, Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at Max.com slash Call Me Country. Max subscription required.